Welcome to Temple of Geeks Who Review, a Doctor Who-inspired podcast for fans of the long-running British science fiction television series. I'm your host, Elizabeth, a.k.a. Lady of Time Cosplay. And I'm Nate, also Duck in the Buck. We're massive Doctor Who fans, and we're here to talk about all things Doctor Who. Throughout our series, we'll be discussing the latest episodes, classic series, spinoffs, and everything in between. We'll also be bringing you interviews with people who have worked in and around the series, behind-the-scenes information, and all sorts of other Doctor Who-related fun. So whether you're a longtime fan or just getting started, we hope you'll join us for the ride. Today, we're going to be talking about the church on Ruby Road, but first, let's do a little bit of Doctor Who news. So, uh, into our official Doctor Who news, the church on Ruby Road is going to be a novelization. The Christmas specials novelization will be written by, and forgive me if I mispronounce the name, Esme Chikimi Pearson, and will be released in hardcover on January 25th of 2024. Time is relative anyway, so pre-order now. You'll get it in the future. You heard about it in the past. It's all good. It's Doctor Who. We know we love it. Um, it's, it's New Year's Eve as we're recording this anyway, so time makes even less sense right now. I know, it's weird. It's New Year's <laughs> Eve, and we don't have a, a special because it's been tradition for two years. To <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, no, I, I never – I, I'm the only reason I think we ended up getting the New Year specials was to satisfy not, not missing Doctor Who in a year. Because yeah. I think there were a couple years where we only had the New Year special, and that was yeah. it. And I think that's why they moved those specials to New Year's, just so we didn't have – just so they could say Doctor Who's been running every single year since, right. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that definitely works. So I think there was one year that we only had a Christmas special as well. Like, I think the year that the Doctor Mysterio one came out, that was the only, we only had that episode that year, I think. I but we like. did have but, Doctor Who that following year, too. Yes, um, that's true. Instead of just being like, oh, we have one episode at the start of the year, and you got to wait until next year for it. <laughs> yeah, so it's nice to have the Christmas specials yes. back, though. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, and then moving on with news, the Daleks <laughs> serial will be in color DVD and Blu-ray. Uh, the first broadcast on Doctor Who's 60th anniversary earlier this year, the colorized version of the classic serial, the Daleks will get a home media release uh, on February 12th of 2024, alongside the updated and cleaned up footage. The episodes have also been edited together in a 75-minute format with new sound and a new score by Mark uh, Aries, uh, if I said that correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's exciting to yeah. have the first Doctor, first experience with the Daleks, have it re-released on higher quality video, yeah. which might sometimes ruins things. <laughs> I'm not sure if I need... <laughs> Old Doctor Who in HD clarity uh, to see the cardboard cutouts and everything, but yeah, but it's it's happening. Yeah, I do think it's interesting though too that they've also like edited. I I, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it because it's one of those things that you can only watch on the iPlayer right now because you know I thought that Disney Plus having stuff was meant that you know fans outside of the UK would have more access to stuff, but apparently yeah, not. I thought we were getting the back catalog too. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, so the, the way they've edited it together, so it's all like one long story instead of like chopped up into the 30 minute bits. Cause having, I haven't watched like, I mean, I've watched a semi decent amount of classic who, but it's always kind of interesting when you're sitting and watching an entire serial all at once, because like, depending on how short the episode is, sometimes you get like, 
a minute or longer of like the previous week's episode tacked on the top on the front, which makes sense because of how, you know, TV was going out, especially for the very, very early days of the show. But like, sometimes like, I'm like, yes, I know. I already saw like this past two minutes. Can we just skip to the new part, please? Previously on Doctor Who. Previously on Doctor Who. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. In some sad Doctor Who news, though, Richard Franklin, best known to Doctor Who fans as Unit's Captain Mike Yates during the third and fourth Doctor's run, has sadly passed away at the age of 87 after a long-term illness. A spokesperson for Franklin's family said, We are deeply saddened by his loss. We will fondly remember him for his generosity, creative spirit, and fantastic storytelling. He is also well-remembered outside the family for his long-running career in TV and theater, where he delighted audiences of all ages. This gave him... This gave him great joy, and we know his legacy will last. That's sad. I believe he passed away on Christmas Day, too, which is always hard. So, Yeah. Then in some Big Finish news, Big Finish has announced that some details for the next set of audio adventures with Christopher Eccleston starring as the Ninth Doctor. And this time he will be joined by Expanded Universe fan favorite Bernice Summerfield, a 25th century archaeologist created by Paul Cornell for the Doctor Who books in the 90s, and now played in the audios by Lisa Bowerman. The three episodes in Doctor Who, The Ninth Doctor Adventures, Buried Threats, are A Theater of Cruelty by Lisa McMullen, The Running Men by Mark Wright, and Ancient History by Matt Fitton. Producer David Richardson said, The Ninth Doctor and Benny, it's irresistible, isn't it? Our script editor Matt Fitton pitched the idea to me, and it seemed a no-brainer to propel Benny into this era of Doctor Who and and discover how she would interact with a modern Doctor. Buried Threats will release in February 2024, so probably in time for Galley. <laughs> it's always nice to have more Nine stuff anyway. Yes, I know. I got, I'm got. i kind of behind on his stuff, too. I really got to listen to more of his his audios because they. I, I have a, I've listened to at least a couple of the early ones, and they're a lot of fun. Uh, I think I saw online Chris and Billy were both at the same con a couple weekends ago, and among some other things that were discussed, uh, if you've seen that online, he did say that if everything was right, including the money, that he would be very happy to do some audios with Billy, and Billy said, of course, she would do. So hopefully we'll get some Nine and Rose audio adventures sometime in the near future. I'm sure it's also because, you know, all the schedules and everything have to align perfectly for that sort of thing, because... Yeah. Like, apparently they've been trying for years to do Tenth Doctor and River Song stories, but, like, it literally did not work out until there was a pandemic and everybody was stuck in their homes. Yeah, I guess that's fair. So, because, you know, people are busy. (laughs) Speaking of uh, Eccleston also, seeing him as Scrooge has, uh, has given me the unknown desire to see Eccleston as the Ninth Doctor all scrooged up in Christmas Town. Like I want, I want a storyline or an alternate universe where Christopher Eccleston's Doctor is scrooged up in that outfit on yeah. in Christmas Town uh, instead of the Eleventh Doctor fighting everyone off. Um, like, um, like I just it just replacing. Yeah. Uh, no, no offense to Matt Smith. No offense to the Eleventh Doctor or any <laughs> anything. Uh, but if you just dropped. Eccleston in that spot in that outfit holy shit um that would be amazing like I did not know I needed that in my life until I saw him dressed as Scrooge 
I know. I, I love how many Doctor Who actors like do theater as well. And it's it's so fun to like see the pictures. And like I've, I've seen a couple people saying that they're hoping that they might record it. But apparently that theater company doesn't often do that, which is unfortunate. But oh, record yeah. the performance. Yeah. yeah, I'm personally really hoping because David Tennant is in Macbeth right now. I really want to see that, but I don't have the money to go to the UK before February. <laughs> Wasn't he in Macbeth, Macbeth before, like years ago? I Alex thought? Kingston was. Alex Kingston was in a production of Macbeth as Lady Macbeth that was in New York City and in the UK for a time. But I don't. He's done a lot of Shakespeare, but I. Think oh, you know, maybe I'm thinking of Hamlet. I think yeah, he was he's, in Hamlet. Okay. He's he's done Hamlet, and it's fun because that was uh, Sir Patrick Stewart was uh, the king in that one, which is fun. And then he was in. I forget if it was Richard II or Richard III, but I did get to see him in that when uh, they did that production in New York City. So that was fun. And it was funny because, like, one of the very early lines in the production is something about a doctor. And, like, the you could tell who in the audience was there because of Doctor Who because there was a, kid, a little bit of a ha 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 that ran through the audience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. All right. But we are here to talk about the new episode, The Church on Ruby Road. 15th Doctor, Shudigatwa. I, I would say his first performance, but it wasn't necessarily his first performance because he was in a, a decent amount of the end of the, the regeneration, the bi-regeneration. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but yes, it's a, I, guess, I, you, I guess you would have to say it's his first solo episode. Overall thoughts? Yeah, just overall thoughts. I liked it. I liked him. I liked Ruby. I loved both of their performances. I think I could have done without the Goblin song. Oh. <laughs> In all honesty, like I think I could have gone without it. I, I it's it's definitely the Russell T Davies that I was expecting to show. His overall story arcs are always great. I've mm-hmm. admired that about him. However, the journey to that point is rough sometimes because he does some very hokey things that it's just like. Oh, I know it's going to pay off in the end. Nothing's been as bad as the Slovene, at least. Nothing, yeah. I don't think, will ever top that. No, but, uh, uh-uh. I hope not, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, the Goblin song wasn't terrible. It's just, I think it. I think we could have done without it. I don't know if it was there for time, because I know if there wasn't a song, it would have been a shorter episode, but I don't know. That, that was my main thing. I probably could have done without the song. <laughs> See, I was I was very excited about this. I like I I I don't know the exact timeline of when Disney came into the picture with Doctor Who at this point. Like I I, I believe I've seen that the deal only happened after they had already shot all of or at least most of the 60s. So I don't know like around when you know for the the Christmas special everything was happening. But like honestly, if Disney being involved in Doctor Who means musical bits of Doctor Who, I'm happy. <laughs> Because I'm a big musical fan, <laughs> as was That's evidenced fair. by the fact that one time I watched the Tony Awards while f- filming an episode of this podcast. <laughs> well, uh, the the other part that threw me off with the song was um, Fifteen and Ruby just jumping straight into it um, <laughs> without it being like, oh, this is their like I. I them going into it so smoothly, I would have assumed there'd be some throwaway line like, oh, well, they speak in song or this is yeah. uh, just what we have to do or whatnot or that's how they communicate or there's 
something in the air that just makes everyone sing. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I wonder if there was a line about that, but then maybe Disney had them cut it because there, there was a kind of thing like that in the Marvels maybe. Mm, oh yeah, maybe. Yeah. That's true. Know. But it was fun. I just, I just hope that I'm not completely knocking because apparently it was Russell that wrote the words for the song and I'm not completely knocking the lyrics, but hopefully if there is more, uh, songs in Doctor Who in the near future. Maybe Russell gets a lyricist to write some songs. <laughs> I, like, I love them, but I'm like, I think somebody pointed out that Ruby rhymed the word you like three times with itself. <laughs> I didn't notice like, that. I, I, when it said baby toes and baby blood, I'm like, yeah. this is very interesting. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought it was fun, but yeah, especially because I think it's fun that Shudy Gatwick can sing because we kind of knew that he could sing. I mean, he's not like a featured vocalist in the Barbie movie, but like he was part of the recording of I'm Just Ken and you yeah. know, Push, which <laughs> I, I don't know if I'll make a ribbon because I have so many ribbons left over from last year because I just didn't go to a lot of the ribbon meetups. But I really hope that at least one person at Gallifrey One has a ribbon that says this doc, this, this Ken is the doctor. <laughs> Oh, oh that, yeah, that probably would be, that would yeah. be a good one. Yep. I'm like, this kind of is the doctor. And I, this is kind of is more like a talking about, you know, future stuff, but like, I really hope that they get Ryan Gosling and Doctor Who before Judy leaves. <laughs> that would be cool. It'd be so much fun. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed the episode. I think kind of like a lot of the Christmas specials that introduce new characters, I think it'll grow on me as we see more of these characters, you know, because kind of like like Runaway Bride became a retroactive favorite of mine once we saw more of Donna kind of thing. Um, Husbands of River Song is one of my ultimate favorite Christmas specials because we already knew those characters very well kind of thing. Um, so, but it works really, really well as an introduction to Fifteen and Ruby. You know, both of them get showcased exactly kind of who they are as people and why they are the way that they are kind of thing. And I also enjoyed too, that it was much more fantasy sci-fi than I feel like Russell has really done in the show previously. Like usually the fantasy fairy tale sci-fi stuff is more what like Stephen Moffat would do. Um, so I thought it was interesting that he kind of worked in some more fantasy elements into the sci-fi. I think we're going to see a lot more of that because of the whole premise of David Tennant once again fucking up the universe. <laughs> and uh, this time, instead of breaking the universe and having the 11th Doctor go through, you know, because when he crossed over into Pete's world, it left cracks in the universe, yeah. which the 11th Doctor had ramifications for. But now he went to the edge of the universe and released Superstition, which now fantasy is starting to... I yes. think that I think that's where this is leading. Bleed into our world because we have goblins and the Goblin King, and I've already seen people comparing it to Labyrinth. But I think yes. that's why it's coming into this world. I have, I have a feeling all these fantasy things are being pulled into this world because of what, once again what David Tennant did. Yeah, yeah. I saw there was a tweet. I had to go look up. It's by at Joby Art. Playmaker does a musical number. There's a musical number in Church in Ruby Road. Next season, Jinx Monsoon and Jonathan Groff. What if when 14 let in superstition and magic, etc. into the universe, he also let in the greatest kind of magic of all, musicals. <laughs> like, I love that. <laughs> like, that's my new favorite tweet. <laughs> 
but yeah. <clears throat> so like we talked about a little bit already, we got introduced to 15 a bit in the anniversary specials, specifically the giggle. But what do you think of this being his first solo outing? Um, it wasn't bad. I think it was it was good. I liked him as a doctor. The Sonic still has to grow on me. I liked Ruby. I liked the supporting cast. Uh, everyone's talking about who's in this flood. I just think it was like a cheeky thing at the end. I honestly believe she's probably nobody because she didn't even know what the TARDIS was in at all. She thought someone parked it there for whatever reason and then all of a sudden like knew everything about it. At the end, I just think it was like, cheeky. The beginning of the episode did feel very Disney to me though. No, I think it was a, a, a decent episode. If I were to rate the... I don't know if I would call this a regeneration episode. Because it is yeah. his first outing after the regeneration, so... Right, but it's not, like, immediate. Like, there's probably, like, an unspecified amount of time between when he goes off in his underwear in his own TARDIS and then when he shows up in his nice outfits in this episode. Yeah, because, um, you know, most they most doctors regenerate, they have a little bit, and then they take off, and this is his first one. So I guess, for now, this is his regeneration episode, whatnot. I'd say, let's see... 10 is still bottom tier on Regeneration episodes. However, uh, the Christmas tree is still a lethal thing in the Doctor <laughs> Who universe. Yes. That stands to be true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 11's was good. I'd say it might be in the top three, actually, mm -hmm. because 11's was probably one of the better ones. 13 was pretty high tier for me also, just because of how fast-paced and what everything that was going on with it. I think the only thing that held 13s back was the music. I forget the composer's name, but I don't think he had his... Uh, you know when you reach your stride in something? Yes, yeah. I feel like that he didn't have it right away. So uh, if the music were on point, I think the episode would have hit a lot harder than it would Um 13th Regeneration episode wasn't bad at all, I'll be honest. When that came out, that was the same weekend as New York Comic Con that year, and so I got to watch it on a big screen. And <laughs> I will say, I don't usually have weird things about textures, but like eating popcorn and then having the guy's face pop up with all the teeth in it did kind of turn my stomach a little. Because <laughs> of course, his face is like, you know, 10 feet tall, because it's this giant screen in Madison Square Garden, and I'm sitting there eating popcorn, and I'm like... <sighs> <laughs> he was a cool looking enemy though yes he was a cool looking yeah i think i've got yeah. the pop funko of him somewhere because for whatever I, reason they only made pop funkos of 13 and the monsters for her series but whatever yeah that's true yeah none of the companions nope where's my grandpa damn it <laughs> they could have made a three pack of them too like come on <laughs> i mean we got a pating can we oh you know what can we at least get what was it called the What's it, Silorax? So, no, no. The frog? Can oh, we get the yeah. frog on the chair? Where's yes. my frog on the chair, Pop? <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, I, part of me, too, like, is slightly off topic, but I'm like, okay, with Disney involved, does that mean we can get more Doctor Who lounge flies? Because I really want more Doctor Who lounge flies. Maybe. Or, um... Oh, especially, like, the little cosplay ones that look like their outfits. I'm, like, a little, like, cosplay version backpack of 15's, like, outfit would be so cute. I would love that. You know who might, um... Who might, actually, if they want to, get licensing for it might be her universe. They might do more. Since they yeah, already they did, did they the do 13 some Doctor Who, Yeah, they do some Doctor Who stuff. I think they've got a... 
it doesn't say that it's 14's coat, but it looks a lot like 14's coat that they have right now. I don't so. think I've seen that one. They haven't really advertised it a lot, but yeah, I'm, I'm, <laughs> this sounds very like consumerist of me, but I do hope oh, that there's 14. more. Yeah, yeah. There, there was a blue one with like yes. a, I, I didn't like that one. Um, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> it didn't look that great. It had like a little embroidered screwdriver, but oh, it was. Oh yeah, I hate it when they do uh, that. Yeah. And it was mm. the same, like almost like just barely darker, but almost mm. like the same stitching as the coat, That's but weird. slightly darker, darker. So huh. you, you couldn't, you, if you paid attention, you'd see it, but it wasn't right. like you could see that there was something there from across the way. Yeah. That's weird. The inside I think had, um, I don't know if it was TARDISes. It had some specific Doctor Who lining, but you're not going to see yeah. that unless you're flashing your lining out like <laughs> yeah. Capaldi. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love 15 so far. He's like so fun and sparkly. You he's know, charismatic. He's very charismatic, but you know, he's the got the time, riz. He's... Like the young people say, he got the riz. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did in my notes quote Taylor Swift. I said, but I am glad that we did see that he still has the I'm the problem, it's me side that the doctor tends to have. <laughs> oh, you're talking about how much Riz he had. I thought he yeah. walked in the room oh, no. and made the whole place shimmer. <laughs> there you go. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's, he's fun and sparkly, but like when he came out with the line, like we're doing therapy and out of order or whatever i was just like that was something that i'm that i thought was very clever on muscles park because he did needed to do some sort of reset on the character so that there wasn't like a ton of baggage that he was bringing to what was supposed to be kind of a reboot of the show and a good place for new fans to enter into the show but yeah he still has that you know i'm the problem maybe i'm the bad luck kind of thing going on it'll be interesting to see how that is because i think that balance between the lighthearted comedy bit and like the you know grounded and tragic moments of the doctor is very important it should never be the exact same balance for any doctor i mean because like like a lot of people are like oh 12 is too grumpy i don't like 12 i'm like did you watch 12 though because he's very silly when he's around people that he enjoys and is comfortable with or well, like with that... 11 he's very silly around everybody but then like with people that he's able to have those more serious moments but he has those more serious moments so it's important to have like some sort of balance, but it should never be like the same balance, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, think. like 12 was pretty, he was grumpy, but he mm -hmm. was pretty straightforward. And yes. if you're fucked, you're fucked. Um, and he, I can only do so much. Uh, I just, that guy died because I needed to buy his time to get the rest of us out of here into the Dalek. Yes. But everyone freaking, not knocking 11, I just, I find it funny that everyone loves 11 because he was bubbly. But he was mm -hmm. manipulative as hell mm -hmm. and be like, oh, no, like even just to the point where it's not going to hurt. And then bah, right in Clara's palm. Yes. I like the doctor needs his past to have depth. Yeah. And I hope everything's not resolved, which I don't think is the case. Because mm -hmm. I already mentioned him being as I said, let's go. I, I don't have parents either i just found out so i think they're going to start going on to the whole a little bit at least timeless child i almost forgot what it's called <laughs> <laughs> the timeless child thing and stuff like that but i really do hope they they give them like some some dark stuff to work with because yeah. the, the range that, I've, that we're seeing on shooty right now is i i think this man has the potential to just break me inside emotionally both rtd and shooty and yep. it's going to be amazing if 
they just tear us up emotionally um, yeah. down for it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and he he does the shoot he got was Dr. Sofar kind of feels very like season two early 10th Doctor to me. So I'm interested to see like how RTD distinguishes that in the writing specifically. Like I'm sure shoot he got was going to be able to no problem distinguish himself from every other Doctor because he is just an incredible actor like they all are, to be honest, you know. So I'll be interested to see how Russell kind of makes sure that he doesn't like fall into just writing the 10th Doctor kind of thing, if you know what I mean. And he does he does that, like, frantic, excited about cool things very well. Like, I, the, like, one of the other ribbons that I hope we see at Galley, just because it was such a fun line and such a fun delivery, was, I am learning the vocabulary of rope. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love that line. I'm like, I, he's just, he's fun, and I can't wait to see more of him. Like, I, it's, it's, it's going to be delightful. But I, again, hope that we get some of those... I don't want to say darker moments, but get, you know, some of those moments of drama and conflict, especially as we see what the entire story, because there's definitely stuff that's being set up in this episode that is going to come back later, I think. Oh, of course. In the vocabulary of rope, they missed the massive potential from either either character, the Doctor or Ruby, um, but probably the Doctor would have had it best if when when they were analyzing the rope, I'm, I'm learning the recap, the vocabulary of rope, and just analyzing it. And when they found it, like what they needed, just like staring at it for a second and be like, "Oh, that's so naughty," and then just <laughs> like undoing it, like that would have been freaking perfect. They they dropped the I'm ball on that. They didn't do that. Oh my god. <laughs> or like you naughty little thing, and yeah. then just doing it. <laughs> can't believe they didn't oh my goodness russell come on <laughs> all right so we've talked talked about shooty gatwa the 15th doctor what do you think about ruby sunday as a companion and her backstory as we've seen in this episode oh her backstory is she has no backstory mm-hmm. uh that's what we have so far i like her i'm a little conflicted uh because they had to put everything together at the end but this dude that she was blatantly staring at and paying attention to at a club, who caught a glass in front of her at a club, spoke brief, briefly with at a club, and then is running on a rooftop and jumps on the, a ladder in front of her, has no mention or recollection of, hey, I've seen you before. Mm-hmm. Or like, are you following me? Or like, who are you? You were like here. Like, just no mention of that whatsoever. And that was... I don't know if there, something was cut out, but that just didn't sit right to me. Well, that and the point where all of a sudden they brought out the fancy gloves and forgot about the baby who was going to be eaten and just did like a little magical rope dance for a second. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I can fly, see? <laughs> There's no Mavity. I, I love that the Mavity thing has become a running joke. Okay. 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 <laughs> I need to go on that. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned that because I don't know if that's a running joke. At this point, I honestly don't know if that's a running joke. They changed the description in one of the YouTube videos, which I think is so funny. So they, I think, I thought when they said Mavity, when Ten and Donna said Mavity, I thought it was like, ha ha, it's a joke, it's in between us. But now that Shooty said Mavity and then went to Sonic the door, it didn't work. I expected him to say, oh, it doesn't work on wood. It was like, oh, wrong world. Hmm. I have a feeling something's greater 
than we're expecting. Maybe that's uh-huh. just me having my dumbass theories and uh, higher expectations of writing. But I'm wondering if Mavity is not a running joke if something changed when they went back. Yeah. And we're going to see ramifications of a n- number of things throughout the series. Yeah, because he did that. Um, it would be kind of what he did with, with Bad Wolf in the first season, where you kind of just, at first it was like, oh, haha, this is silly. And then later you're like, oh. Yeah, because yeah, Ruby didn't point. be like, Ruby never yeah. went, I mean, granted, she couldn't recognize a person face to face to her, but she didn't go like Mavity or like there was right. n- nothing. It was just a throwaway comment. Which yeah. Russell does all the time when something is breadcrumbed in there. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed Ruby Sunday. I kind of want to see if I can put together her outfit from this episode in Time for Galley because I just I loved her. She was so much fun. I do think anytime. Yeah. I, I just have to find like the right jacket and everything. Get a. I need a blonde wig anyway because I want to do Shin Hati as a cosplay as well. So. Uh, look for something that's even thing. similar to a Leon Kennedy jacket from Resident Evil. That oh, okay. When uh, my my eldest mentioned that when we were watching the episode, he was like, damn, she got the Leon jacket. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's very similar. Like, it's yeah. not, you know, it's obviously feminine and his is his is a, a guy jacket. But, like, the, the feel of it's very similar. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think anytime the doctor and the companion have not the same story, but, like, have things in their life that are, like, running parallel like with nine and rose kind of you got that a little bit because they were both like kind of running away from something and 11 and amy kind of had some parallel things going on as well you know and so i think it's going to be super interesting to see how that shared story shapes their relationship and shapes the stories that they get involved with i think especially too because it's so clear that ruby's family is much more loving than tech ever was just saying i'm like yeah you found this child and then as soon as you found out that there was something different about the view started experimenting on them and I am interested to see what her reason for traveling with the doctor is because you know it's not like she's running away from a boring life like Rose was it wasn't it's not one trip like Martha you know because it it just felt very very spontaneous for her to run after the doctor like that because she has such a loving family you know she does she did just have like that kind of bombshell thing about like oh we we literally have no trace of your family you know your your biological family but i'm just interested to see where that goes kind of like how Stephen moffat kind of furthered the ideas that he first explored in like the girl in the fireplace with the the child meeting the doctor meeting somebody as a child and then meeting them again when they're growing up kind of thing how he expanded upon that with amy i'm wondering if russell is planning on expanding on some of the ideas that he initially wrote in the father's day episode with nine and rose with ruby like, I don't know if that's going to be part of why she wants to travel with him because she thinks that, okay, maybe I can find answers this way, depending on how things go. I love that she just will run into danger, just like any other companion. So, of course, she's going to be great. I do hope that, you know, and as much as I love her, I do hope that one day we get like a non contemporary Earth companion. Like, I get why. The companion is almost always from the same time when the episodes are coming out, but it would be nice to, you know, like, an alien or just somebody from a different time period i wish but she's fun i can't wait to see i think we've yeah. heard, that's what we got ruby has no ancestors she has no trace of anyone not anyone yeah. social media no blood no driver driver's license no tickets i think she was dropped off from the future oh. i 
think she's a future baby that was dropped off in the past for the the these course of events to take place for the doctor to find. Oh, I hadn't thought about that. That's a great theory. I like that theory. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, she wouldn't have any record of anybody being alive yeah. anywhere if she, everyone she was related to was from the future. Huh. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's a great theory. I'm I mean, I guess, yeah. I guess depending on how well things are tracked, yeah, I guess it could... In theory, you could say, though, yeah, they, well, Ancestry.com yeah. can track people back to, et cetera, like, timeline far back. But, like, if she was far enough or if she was an off-world child who just looks human, um, that's passable, mm-hmm. which I don't think that's the case. Yeah. I don't think that's the case because so they tested her DNA. They would probably have gotten flagged up if they were doing yeah. DNA testing. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> they, they're doing a shitty job over at the <laughs> DNA, DNA office. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what it is. I think she came from the future, um, and that's why there's no record of uh, any recent relatives. Uh, if they were searching oh. for parents and sibling or siblings or like next to kin or so forth. That's, I like that. I hadn't thought about that. That's fun. I know we already talked a little tiny about this, but any theories on who Mrs. Flood could be? If she's a returning character, somebody new, you kind of said you thought that she wasn't anybody, but... <laughs> I think it's a red herring. For a brief moment, I was like, oh, who the hell is she? But then I was like, well, she didn't know what the TARDIS was in the alternate timeline when Ruby didn't exist. That's when she saw the TARDIS uh, disappear and dropped everything, and she was shocked. Um, But that timeline was fixed, so she doesn't remember that. So I'm assuming the doctor had already, like, maybe he, you know, talked to her and raised her up already. I'm, I'm really not thinking that she's much of anybody. I could be yeah. wrong. Who knows? She could be another Yanni for all we know, but I, I'm not thinking anything's going to come out of that. I think yeah. it was just something cheeky at the end of, end of the episode to button it <laughs> off. Yeah. Yeah. My like initial gut feeling was that she was a future version of Ruby, like an older Ruby. I'm not sure why that was my initial gut feeling it's just like a completely wild left field theory Rassilon's still out there somewhere <laughs> you know and pretty mad at the doctor the only thing is that if if the if she is somebody from the doctor's pastor who is looking for the doctor russell's gonna need a really good reason as to why she's interested in 15 in particular since 14 is like you know down the road somewhere yeah <laughs> just living his life kind of thing at Donna's house. She could be, you know, I, I don't think she is like the boss that Beep the Meep refer- referred to in Wild Era in, um, in the Star Beast, but she might be somebody else working under that person. And then like also just, I continue to live in hope that Romana will come back on the show, though I would prefer if Lala Ward came back as Romana, at least at first, so that we could, you know, get a regeneration for her on yeah. screen. But yeah, I, I, it's definitely something that I think, you know, people will be talking about until the new episodes start coming out. So it'll be interesting. I just, I, one theory that I have seen online is that she might be River Song because Mrs. Flood, <laughs> they're both yeah. like water names, but I'm like, I don't want her to be River. <laughs> I really don't. And she would know what the TARDIS was. But she would know what the TARDIS is, you know, but... Yeah, I don't want her to be River because no. I, just, I just don't. Though I don't know, River's got some brothers and sisters floating around out there as you know, made a thing by Big Finish. So who knows? But the water yeah. reference that yeah. was the unintentional water reference 
like oh they have brothers and sisters just floating around yeah yeah <laughs> river pond flood floating you know they're, they're legitimately all of them are like river or are, are like ton and creek and all sorts of things it's they're one gonna of my start favorite. running out they're gonna start running out of shit yeah. at one point and just say oh this is miss buoyancy yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out if at all you know because we do have that over that kind of line that I feel like a lot of people have forgotten about in 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 the Star Beast about like Beep the Meep going back and be and telling whatever boss Beep the Meep has about what happened. So Yeah, well I mean they, they kind of I don't know if it's the same person, but in in the giggle it was mentioned about the one who waits and was yes. like, I will not that's not a game I will play. Yeah. And I don't think it's Beep the Meep's boss, but the the when I heard the one who waits, I my first immediate thought was Omega. Yes, yeah. Dana said the same thing when we talked about the 60th anniversary. Yeah, oh. yeah. Omega, you know, because there's all sorts of weird Gallifrey lore that they could dig into if they really wanted to. Yeah. Gallifrey's a weird place. Oh. Gallifrey's a weird place with some awful people, like. Ugh, yeah, just listening to some of the audios, I'm just like, hmm. like, like the first time I watched the end of time after I listened to Gallifrey uh, Time War, Rassel on top of the screen, I'm like, oh, I want to hit you now. So another one of the uh, rumors or theories that I saw online for Ruby was that people think that 13 dropped the baby off. Yeah, I see why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I see the, why the, they think the, it. The because she she, the yeah, she she has a hoodie on and she's wearing boots, pants that don't go all the way down. So yeah. I I understand, but no, because yeah. I'm going to be the anal cosplayer and say that those boots are laced all the way up. Thirteen never laced her boots all the way up, not once, not a single time. And I don't think that would be the case because if that was the case, fifteen would have some recollection of it. Otherwise, there'd be a huge plot hole on why 15 does not know who this child is or who yeah. Ruby is. And there would need to be some splaining done on yeah. why that happened. I do feel like it's probably going to wind up being Ruby who is putting Ruby by the church. I wouldn't I be surprised. Like that's, that's a very... I, I think that figure was taller than her. But maybe they're mm. trying to apply that it was older Ruby right. and not our Ruby. So I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. And, you know, if you've got it, you could put stuff under a hood to make you look taller. I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> well, she didn't have a big head. She was no. just tall. She's just tall. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely feel like it'll be Ruby. It, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what winds up actually being important to the story versus what Russell is just throwing in there to get people talking i think yeah <laughs> I'm, i'll be interested to see how that goes but since we're talking about it already you know we got the trailer at the end of the episode for the upcoming series the trailer said spring but every post that disney has made with the trailer said coming this may so i guess it's coming out in may <laughs> it'll spring up in may it'll spring up in may because like anytime they're like spring i'm like okay are we talking like march spring or like late june like mid-june spring because that's still technically spring <laughs> drives me nuts when they do that okay so i had one more thing on ruby which is probably nothing it's probably nothing and just me not knowing a lot about british doors and locks and keys 
But when Ruby went to her flat and put her key into the door, the lock looked very similar to the key lock on the TARDIS at about the same height, which I don't think their flat is a TARDIS. I'm not saying that. However, when she went down to the TARDIS, I expected the door to be locked and her to slide the key in and it opened. Obviously, mm-hmm. that didn't happen. The door just cracked open for whatever reason. I don't know why the TARDIS is welcoming her in, but I did have the first assumption of why does her key lock look like a TARDIS lock hmm. about the same height on her door? Yeah. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time that a flat was a time travel thing in Doctor Who because... <laughs> We had that in in the lodger, you know. But, oh yeah, yeah, it was a spaceship that ended up being the same thing used for the silence in a different yes. episode. Yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I I, I really only watched it the one time. I got to rewatch it to be honest. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting I mean, point. It, it could just be a common thing, and maybe yeah. I'm just ignorant to locks and keys for British flats. Who knows? Yeah, well, but I mean, if it's it's something that they shot in such a way that you could see that that clearly. You know, they don't shoot things by mistake in TV. They plan out those shots. So, huh. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Hmm. Yeah, there's, a, like like I said before, I think there's a lot of, like, little things that'll be interesting to see what is and is not important kind of thing. Because I feel like Russell, Russell probably knows what fans are expecting from him. So I feel like he wouldn't be beneath trying to throw people off the scent a little bit to try to keep a <laughs> bit of a surprise going. <laughs> All right. So we, we kind of talked about this a little bit already, but like, what are you most excited for in the new season? And like, what do you hope to see, even if it's not something that's been like announced officially yet? I am excited to see more of Shooty just mm-hmm. going off and being charismatic. I am enjoying him so far. Ruby is adorable. They're both beautiful people. <laughs> To have on the screen at the same time, the amount of power they have together is ridiculous. What I am most looking forward to is my own fan theory. Uh, I am looking forward to seeing Shooty going up against David Tennant, who de-evolves into the Valyard. Because this would be the perfect time that, that would explain the, the bi-regeneration. Two TARDISes, maybe Tennant now that he split off from the other half does not have the regenerative powers as much as he used to and gets uh, as Donna's and her family passes as he gets older, doesn't have anyone to connect him and anchor him in humanity anymore. Starts becoming Mr. Time Lord victorious. Just once again, thinking that the universe owes him and goes after himself to put himself on trial to get his regenerations mm. back. So that's what I am hoping to see. I want to see David Tennant turn into the Valyard. One of the notes I did put is I don't want 14 back anytime soon. No. <laughs> but if it's no. but if it's a fun but if it's like a good story like that, I wouldn't be too upset. I, I kind of mentioned this in the last episode too, but like as much fun as I think the bi generation thing is, I it it does it doesn't completely rub me the wrong way, but like it just it it just irritates me a tiny little bit that that David Tennant's Doctor still exists, kind of because like while at the same time we have the first black man playing the Doctor full time, I mean we had um, the Fugitive Doctor played by Joe Martin, 
but you know, at the same time, her story was at the same time as Jodie Whittaker's. I'm like, I just, I like, I really hope that they don't try to fall back on 14 as for anything, because I want Shudigawa to, because he's obviously very, very capable of shining magnificently on his own. So I don't, it's like, if there's an idea of bringing 14 back at any time, I just hope it's not anytime in the near future. I'm like, give him, you know, at least his first series, if not far into his second series before you even think about bringing David back. I don't think they really can bring David back anytime soon because my guess would be that after he's done with his run of Macbeth in February, that probably I would imagine Good Omen season three will start filming shortly after that, depending on how far up has gotten with that. But yeah, I, I love David Tennant so much, but I'm like, I don't want to see him for a while in the show no, <laughs> as I, much as I, I love him. Completely agree. I love yeah. David Tennant. I love the 10th Doctor. I enjoyed him as 14. However, keeping him around, we had our first female Doctor. Uh, we have our first POC Doctor, who's also part of the, the LGBTQ plus community. I don't want Tennant to be just kept on as a retainer to keep the fanboys happy yes, whenever exactly. they need to bring people back, yeah. which is another reason. Like, I. Other than story-wise, I think that would be an amazing story. Mm-hmm. But other than story-wise, seeing David Tennant de-evolving into and turning into a villain would satisfy me, knowing that that was the reason he was kept around and that people couldn't say, oh, you brought Tennant back, you could do it again. Right. Or, like, he's still around. Like, if he was there for the purpose of becoming evil – and closing that loop off that would that i think that's would make me feel much safer than just having him around just it, it feels like a retainer right now yeah and exactly. that's unsettling to me yes yeah it's like shooty should be able to stand on his own as i and like i said i think he's perfectly able to and he can yeah he oh, can sure. this yes. this this dude's already yeah. risen it up <laughs> yes. i'm gonna keep using that word <laughs> I think you should put that on a ribbon for galley or something. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. But, you know, I, I'm really excited by all the guest stars that they have coming up, especially Jonathan Groff. Like, is he going to spit? <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> have I told you that? I did, I, I did not see him in Hamilton, but um, in 2019, when, when I was in town uh, for New York Comic Con, I did see him in Little Shop of Horrors. And. But, like, I missed tickets going on sale, so what I had to do is I went and I entered the in-person ticket lottery for it. And then the in-person ticket lottery, it was still technically previews, but it was front row seats. And because it's an off-Broadway theater, I don't know where the pit orchestra is, but, like, the pit orchestra was not, like, where it traditionally is, where you have, like, you know, seats, pit orchestra, stage. My knees were, like, this far from the stage. (laughs) Front row, Jonathan Groff singing Suddenly Seymour was a bit of a splash little bit a little bit so it's kind of fun because like once his episode goes out i will have seen i think three doctor who actors live on stage because i saw alex kingston Macbeth, i saw david Tennant in richard the second or third whatever one that was and then i saw him in little shop of horrors so that's fun <laughs> It'd be funny um, when when they were filming if like he was 
if he did end up spitting and it ends up becoming like that uh, episode of friends where Joey's, I forgot who, what, what he was, had this acting job and this dude was spitting all over the place. He's like, that's how you, that's how you work. And that's how you enunciate. And then they end up spitting on each other the entire, during the entire take. And then they call cut and they're wiping each other up, like their faces off. And like, that was such a, that was so amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but I'm excited to see him. Like, just the, the, the guest stars sound so much fun. Like, again, I don't know if it's like the Disney money where they can get some of these more, you know, these guest stars that are more known for stuff in America or whatever. But I'm very excited to see Jonathan Groff. He's a lot of fun. Um, the Beatles episode looks really neat, and I think if I'm remembering correctly from when they first announced kind of this stuff, I think that's the episode that Jinx Monsoon is in, and also the one that's pretty heavily rumored to be a musical episode. So that'll be fun. Um, okay. I'm guessing if if it is a be- if that is the musical episode, it might be more of a jukebox musical than strictly original songs, which is fun. Is fine. Jukebox musicals are fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know that was going to be the uh, the music um, or a musical episode, but I think it, they I think you're right with Jinx being it. being yeah. in that episode. Yeah, yeah, because I I think the Jinx Monsoon. It post happened around the same time as they showed the post of uh, 15 and Ruby in their like 60s outfits. So I believe that's the right episode. It would make sense because the outfit that Jinx has on is very like musical note, you know, whatever. But I don't know. The musical, ep- the, even just the possibility of a musical episode has me very excited <laughs> as a musical <laughs> fan, as a Broadway fan. You know, I saw I saw three shows when I was in town for New York Comic Con. So, <laughs> I, I wonder if uh, it'd be amazing if it, it'd be a nod to Capaldi if like uh, they were uh, if the, they were record like the Beatles were recording and didn't know exactly what to do and Shudi just came in there and did like a riff yeah. on a guitar and like made some like twelve comments or something like that. Yeah. Was like, oh yeah, I, I used to, sh- I, 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 I shredded on a tank once and yeah. I was thinking of this. And- <laughs> oh, I would love that. Anytime 12 gets a little mention, it makes my heart happy because he's my favorite. <laughs> um, I'm also excited to just see what surprises Russell still has in store without what I felt like with 13 was like such little, like, I, I feel like Russell knows a lot better how to keep surprises while still keeping people engaged and still promoting the show versus like telling people two weeks beforehand when the new, when the new episodes are coming out kind of thing, which I felt like happened a lot with Chibnall. Um, I mean, because one thing is like Chibnall was able to keep secrets really well, but I don't think he could do it and promote the show at the same time as well as I feel like this is going to happen. I mean, I know that there, I never went and looked at the weeks for the 60th anniversary stuff. I was kind of aware of them and I'd kind of heard whispers of the bi generation thing being a thing before the episodes came out. Um, you know, and then, you know, he, but it still surprised me. I still was because when I first read those leaks, I was like that, sounds silly like that's not going to happen but then it did and it was exciting and worked decently well I think um and then also how you know he was able to put Shudy was line one of his lines from the 60th into the trailer while obscuring what exactly was going on behind him yeah. apparently 
the entire time he was that cloudy landscape whatever everybody was like oh is it Gallifrey no you, it was just he just they just green screen 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 yeah they just green screened it it's supposed to be the the unit building but then it was not so <laughs> I, I do think like he like kind of like kind of when we're talking about like oh who's Mrs. Flood who's Bethany's boss kind of thing like he's able to put those little things in there that will keep people talking more without having to like reveal a ton of stuff in the trailers I think um what else did I write down oh I'm I'm interested to see who else will be writing episodes this season um I'm hoping for some new voices but also maybe some returning ones if Russell was able to convince Stephen Moffat to come back for an episode or two I'd be very very happy (laughs) I would love for Moffat to pin at least uh, one to two, one to two episodes yeah. at minimum. I, I would love to see him. His two parters have always been terrific. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah. I would love to see him back on board with RTD. Uh, them together is probably the best of who we've had since who was around, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, not that they don't do well individually, but them together is, is a force to be reckoned with. Oh, for sure. And I'm kind of hoping that maybe some of the big Finnish writers will get a, tr- a crack at maybe doing something for the TV episode. Because um, there's like the, the big Finnish people do amazing, amazing work. And I would love for them to be able to get to work on the TV series proper as well. Um, and kind of same thing with the writers. I'm hoping for a mix of like new and returning baddies. <laughs> Um, cause like with 13's first season, I thought it was, you know, at, at, the, at the very least, I would like some new villains that the doctor isn't running around going, huh, what, huh, I don't know about this kind of thing. Yeah. That was one of the things that kind of irritated me. I'm like, okay, the doctor's very smart just because this is new to us doesn't mean that the doctor would have no clue what's going on kind of thing. Um, so I'll be interested, you know. But also, it's it's fun to see. Like, I don't know if we'll get the Daleks. I think I read somewhere that Russell said that he wants to maybe not do the Daleks again right away. But then he used them in the Children Need special, so who knows? Um, you know, I feel his 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 uh, Cybermen episodes are usually pretty good. Um, yeah, so just I'm hoping there's a mix. Um, like I said, I don't want 14 back right away. And I'm just I'm just excited that the show is back and that we know that we're getting new episodes fairly regularly now because this next season has been finished for like a while now and they're already filming Shooting Out with second season as the doctor, like now essentially, probably not right now because it's the holidays, but you know, it's because it, Russell even posted a picture the other day, like, oh, here's a picture from like behind the seat, behind the set of the 2024 Christmas special. And I'm like, oh my gosh, you already got that ready. Yay. Kind of thing. Um, and I'm excited that it's going to be on a more easily accessible platform too, for hopefully getting new viewers in with, with Disney plus, hopefully Disney plus markets it a little bit more than they did the 60th, but I just think it'll be fun to get new people into the show, especially because it's supposed to be a really good jumping on point too. One of the writers that I would like to see return and I can't hype this man up enough because every episode I've seen of his has been enjoyable is Jamie Matheson. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy his episodes. Uh, Flatline is still one of like the only episodes of Dr. Who where I st- like, well, you know, you're lounging, watching the show. I sat up and went, oh, shit. 
Like the second that arm went out of the tunnel and grabbed someone, I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, Flatline was good. Mummy on Orient Express was good. The girl that died was good. Oxygen. I, I would enjoy to, I would love to see him come back yes. and pen some more episodes. Yeah. I, I like what he does. Yeah. Um, Sarah Dollard, I'd also love to see come back. She did um, Face oh, the yes. Raven and Thin Ice, which oh, I yes. loved both yeah, yeah. of those, you know. Um, overall, hopefully more women writers on the show. Because <laughs> um, there haven't been a ton, even since it came back in 2005. I want to say three or four of them. Um, so not, not a lot of women writers on the show, which is unfortunate, but... I think it, I think it's like shorter seasons again too. I want to say is, it's shorter seasons again. Yeah, because I don't because like, I feel like I saw somewhere it's going to be like it's like eight to eight, ten episodes or ten episodes. or is it longer than that? Um, it looks like it's being listed as eight at least on the Wikipedia list of Doctor Who episodes. Mm, that's a bit disappointing. Yeah, that is too bad. Um. But yeah, and, and then I'm also interested to see, you know, what, uh, not that Disney is producing the show, that, that as far as I'm aware, it's still just like the licensing rights. Um, I'm sure they're involved a little bit somehow, but I'll be interested to see how the Disney connect, having that connection with Disney, maybe we'll get to bring in some other interesting people to work on the show, like, you know, the guest stars that we've already seen, but like, unironically, I'd love to see Dave Filoni do an episode. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> just, ha- just have it shot on on the uh, I forget what you call it. The volume. The the for yeah. the Mando the Mando yeah, uh, yeah where they film yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure they must be using that technology because I think some of that soundstage stuff is in London. So, Maybe. but yeah, I would love to have Dave Filoni come on and, and do an episode. I just think that would be fun. <laughs> I also would really like Bryce Dallas Howard to come direct an episode because I hear some of her episodes of Mandalorian are some of my favorites. So it's exciting. It feels like it's going to like, I was really hoping that when they said spring that it'd be March because we know that the episodes are all pretty much done. I mean, I'm sure there's probably still a bit more work to be done with like, you know, score and special effects and and stuff, but I'm like, Oh, come on, you know, <laughs> especially they've already started production on the second season. I was really hoping for a bit sooner, but it's what it is. So they might be trying to space it out as yeah, best they I'm can sure. too. Especially with only eight episodes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm just, I'm overall excited, especially to, to get new fans into the show. I hope people aren't gatekeepy about it. <laughs> that yeah. seems to happen a lot. Unfortunately, a little, uh, I'm not sure how I feel about the whole season one thing. Yeah. Um, I understand why objectively, but also it feels weird. It feels weird also because of the whole uh, David Tennant retention thing too. Like shooty season one, but like, but David Tennant's doctor is season 16 or whatever. I lost count, but you know what I mean? Um, So yeah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's a new era, but I, I still understand why it has to be season one. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, I kind of get why, especially because I think my assumption would be that Disney will eventually get the entire back catalog. But my guess would be that they have to wait out whatever contracts the BBC has with HBO Max or Max and um, Britbox. Um, but, yeah, 
yeah, it, it, it's a little weird. And I, I also hope that once the seasons proper start going on, on Disney, especially even if just with Judy got was first season, I hope that they don't make the same mistake that Amazon did when they had the show and like make the special separate listings. Oh um, yeah. Like you get lost and out of place and yeah. you have to know the name of the actual special that you're looking for. In yeah. Order to and like what order you're order. supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Cause like right now I, I would have assumed that all three specials would have, you know, the, the 14th doctor specials, I would have assumed that those would have all been under the same listing just as different episodes, but they're listed as special one, special two, special three. And then even this, the church on Ruby road is listed as special four. I'm like, I, sort of, but also it's supposed to be like the start of shooting out with seasons. So hopefully it'll get added into that. It's just weird. I hope that somebody talks to them about that because that's not quite how that should Catalog, be listed. Yeah, cataloging is very important, especially with this show. Yeah. Oh, for sure. But yeah, because I remember like telling some people to you know, you know, like oh, you should watch it. It's on Prime, and then they'd be like. How come, like, it was this one guy, one episode, then the next episode, there was no explanation because it was this other guy. I was like, that's weird. And so then when I looked and I'm like, oh, because the Christmas specials are all listed separately for no good reason. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from possibly making more money by having them listed separately as an episode you have to buy on its own versus as part of a series. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's very exciting. Um, let's see if I can get a somewhat decent random TARDIS wiki page. Last week I, I clicked it once and I got Rudolph the Red News Reindeer. So <laughs> random that was TARDIS wiki fact. Random TARDIS wiki fact. Give me a good one. Come on. Um, is there any good? Okay, I Doctor Who magazine four hundred. 543, but it literally just lists what the contents are, so that's no good. I mean, I guess that's a fact. Okay, well, I guess this this is about as short as a TARDIS wiki page entries you could get. Marcus O'Donovan. Marcus O'Donovan played, played Claudio in the Doctor Who story, The Pandorica Opens. And that is literally it <laughs> for the entry. <laughs> Thank you, TARDIS Wiki. Thanks, TARDIS Wiki. Sometimes it's fun. I I genuinely would have loved to know what the TARDIS Wiki page looked like after the Mavity thing happened. Because, <laughs> like, as somebody else on Twitter has pointed out, the TARDIS Wiki has the alphabet in the wrong order because Elizabeth Slayton, one time in one episode, switched two letters. But that's the only time the entire alphabet has ever been spoken aloud in Doctor Who. So they're like, this is the alphabet, but these two letters are switched in the Doctor Who universe <laughs> because of one time. And it's the only time that the that the alphabet has ever been set out entirely out loud in Doctor Who. Well, I mean, if it's not a running joke, if they did mess with time, yeah, be they're going to yeah. have some stuff to change. But yeah, it's really funny. If you go on YouTube and look up the uh, clip from the Bells of St. John of the 11th Doctor uh, anti-gravity bike, in the description, they they adjusted they did adjusted the description of the, the video and so now says the Doctor's anti-mavity bike. Like the official Doctor Who? <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's not like, That's not concerning. 
Like I, I it's ha ha yeah. right now, but I'm already thinking it's not ha ha based on what I said. So yes, there um, I know. I guess we'll find out. Soon we'll find out the mavity of the situation. The mavity of the situation, yes. <laughs> yeah, so if, if on YouTube you look up, ooh, that is loud. Shut up. There we go. Um, if you look up on YouTube, the doctor rides up the shard, the Bells of St. John, Doctor Who, on the official Doctor Who page. In the description, it says, an anger doctor sent, sets out to the shard, the tallest building in the EU, on the, an anti-mavity motorbike. So that's interesting. Nice. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Who knew? All right. So that was well, a lot of fun. at least they care about continuity when it comes to Mavity. Not Mavity. Yes. Mavity of the situation. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I love this show. It's very silly and I adore it <laughs> so much. <laughs> if they say Mavity one more time, there's something going on. Yes. If, the, if there's one more a- episode at any point, if he or Ruby says Mavity, with yeah. no one else questioning anything, there's something going on. Yeah, uh, that was like, confirmation enough for me. He doesn't have to keep using the word gravity or mavity in anything, but he very specifically wrote that glove to be like, oh, you know, because he could have been like, oh, it's like a, you know, like Spider-Man, you know, or whatever. But yeah. no, he was like, oh, the, all the mass and the mavity exist in the glove. And I'm like, all right. So that is all for this episode of Temple of Geeks Who Review. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Maybe let us know what else you'd like us to talk about because we've got to come up with some ideas to get us to May. At <laughs> least, <laughs> you know, you can also follow us on social media for more Doctor Who content on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram as at Temple of Geek. You can also visit templeofgeek.com for Doctor Who cosplay guides, episode reviews, news, and more. Thanks so much for listening. Bye. See you guys later. Thank <laughs> you.